Welcome to the RSCC podcast. Thanks for joining us today. My name's Adam and I'm on staff here at RSCC. Here at RSCC, we believe that you matter and that God loves you so much. If you want to know more about RSCC or to keep up with what's going on, follow us on social media at RSCC Family or visit our website at rsccfamily.org. We would love to connect with you. I hope you enjoy the message today. Good morning. All right. I can almost see everybody. Can you hear me? I've I've got this turned up right. Good. All right. Uh, As the introduction that Adam gave me this morning, I am Wally Lewis. Uh, And uh, this is crazy how I ended up here today. (laughs) Is it coincidence that I'm here today? Uh, Is it coincidence you're here today? Excuse me? Right? I like that. Uh, it's never a coincidence, right? Uh, God has put us where we're at, and that's, that's a message that I want to be able to give you today. Uh, I, I've come to talk to you about uh, some ministry work that I've, that I've done with a, a group of people, but before we get started, uh, I would like to open up with prayer, all right? Father God, uh, this morning as we come to worship you, the good, good Father that you are, you have us. Often we trash through this life wondering what we can do or how we can help, better yet, are we capable of helping? God, your work is in us. We ask you to continue the good work in us. Every day, you give me a chance to pick it up again and try again, even though I failed today, but you're an awesome God. We thank you for that. Continue to bless the people here today. Bless those families that are not with us. Remember those who've suffered the loss as far back as even 9-11. Father, just continue to be with us. We pray in your son's name, Jesus Christ, amen. I think I'm just gonna pick it up right there, 9-11. Wasn't gonna be part of my message today. And believe it or not, I actually forgot today was 9-11. See, I I work for the Dearborn County Sheriff's Department. I'm a crime scene investigator. Uh, But my career started back before 9-11, I was early on in my career, and uh, I can remember where I was on 9-11. I come home that morning, about 6 o'clock, working a a night shift, and uh, I came home late because some events had taken place, so I was taking off my gear. My wife was doing uh, children's ministry uh, with a preschool in in the church, and so I, I didn't get to see her that morning, but as I had the TV on, the news was on, and I watched what appeared to be planes crashing into a building. I thought it was a movie. I thought it was just some show that popped up as I turned the TV on, but I didn't realize it was actually the news. Then I realized it was real. So I immediately tried to call my wife and I'm baffled by what's taking place. So I, I, she wouldn't answer. She was in a team meeting. So I went ahead and got some street clothes on and ran up and, and informed the church members what was taking place. It was the event that took place later that night for me, though, that impacted me early on in my career. One of the things, because there's many things. As I went to work that night, uh, an accident took place. A young man was ejected from a vehicle. He was was driving himself. Alcohol was a factor. So uh, I responded. I was not far away, actually. Actually, somebody had flagged me down and said, hey, there's a guy that just crashed his car. He's laying in the roadway. So I went up there, and uh, immediately I went to him. and I held his hand. 
chance to pray with him. I called for emergency to send out air care to get it responding. And the call back to me over the air was, we can't send air care. The airways were shut down that night. Nothing was flying. I remember because I looked up in the sky, just as this pattern here in the ceiling is, there was a grid pattern taking place as the planes were flying over us, watching us. It was just me and that young man. So I remember 9-11 for me. It's probably that type of thing that I realized that God has put me in the position that I do the things that I do. So sometime back, I started a, a book I call Front Row Seats. And I can only hope to encourage you from the very start to let you know that every one of us are in the front row seat. It's not by accident, right, that I'm here today, that you're here today. Or wherever we're at, God's got a plan. Sometimes we make this choice or that choice, but God still has a plan. The people that have been put in my life, I'm so blessed to have. I've watched their lives change on many times. They've watched me transform from who I am. That's how I remember 9-11. I didn't have that plan to speak about this morning, but I thought I'd share that with you. A little bit more about myself. I'm, I'm married uh, to a wonderful wife. 37 years last week, uh, we got a chance to spend some time together. We took a, a retreat, went down to North Carolina, spent some time in the mountains, literally on a mountain. Uh, beautiful, beautiful time. Uh, we were able to refresh because of some of the work uh, we've been doing and with a group of friends doing things. Um, I'm blessed with two daughters uh, who have two awesome son-in-laws who have blessed us with six grandchildren, all under the age of five. So Friday night, uh, actually I spoke to the leadership here about talking about this idea about building some totes, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, we spoke about that Thursday, so the idea about maybe coming and delivering a message and talking about all that in the process started on Thursday uh, about coming and doing that. As you can see, the slide's running through now. Um, those are some of the experiences that I'll share with you here in a little bit. But uh, yesterday was a training day, so I, I really didn't have any time to prepare, but I realized that God's always prepared me, front row seat, just like he prepares you with your life experiences, your stories. You know, if you work at the counter, how you can interact with someone. If you work at the hospital, if you pour concrete for a living, how you react. We don't get it right all the time, but it's when we come together and share like this that we can encourage each other to do those things. Those six grandchildren I have, it's, it's an awesome thing that we get to do as a family. On Sunday nights, we, we still gather. Son-in-laws, daughters, grandchildren come. We always have family dinner at our, our house on Sundays. It's an opportunity for us to worship together as a family, eat together as a family. You know, Jesus taught us that lesson to bless, right? We begin with prayer. We listen to each other. We share in a meal together. Tell stories and then we serve with each other. 
So talking about my family and the ministry (laughs) is how I'll tie that in. It's how I live my life as a police officer interacting on what I do. It's as a husband, a dad, a grandfather and what I do. Sharing with the community, sharing with my family, sharing with my friends. It's not something I go and just turn off here and there, but it's a continuation always. And I couldn't do it without being in the word of God. And I did have to make some notes here because uh, I'm an extrovert. And if I start talking, it could be a while. I could get lost. (laughs) Servanthood. It's about an attitude. It's about having the right type of attitude. Someone asked a Bible group, what is and what can you tell me about a servant's attitude? It's by the, the way you react when you're treated like one. That was the answer. It's not easy to find an an attitude like that. But for a disciple of a servanthood is one of the keys to growing in Christ's likeness. And that's what we should be. So if you would go ahead and throw a scripture slide up for me. Yeah, Mark. 1045. Describing his own ministry, Jesus said, for the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and not to give his life as ransom for many. Think about that. He came to service. How is your attitude? Do we think about that? Right now, I thought when I left the house this morning, I thought, man, I wish my wife could be here. But right now, she's got the grandkids because the kids were out for the weekend. They got a a getaway. And uh, she's doing that servanthood thing, the Nana process, taking care of those grandbabies. So when they asked me to to deliver a message today, I'm like, yeah, I'm out of there. Uh, the truth is that she loves doing what she does. It's about the attitude. She loves taking care of those kids. She's always loved taking care of kids. She also works with customer service. She works with people who have to pay utility bills. And she's really good at the counter with people resolving conflict. She's got a gift to be able to deal with that. When we give Jesus his rightful place as Lord of our lives, his lordship will be expressed in the way we serve others. Therefore, one of the best ways we can demonstrate our love for God is by showing love for our fellow person, our fellow man. We demonstrate love for others by helping them, by sharing their problems, by doing what we can for them. Remember that blessed rhythm I just talked about? Beginning with prayer, be listening to each other, eating with each other, serving and sharing. Bless, an acronym. Another way of displaying servanthood is in in evangelism. 
you want to go ahead and throw up the next slide if you don't mind. It comes from 1 Corinthians 9.19. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. What Paul's saying there is he's serving other people. Myself, I feel that need as a police officer. I feel it's a calling to do what I do. I feel that I'm called to serve other people in, in different aspects. Remember, I told you I was a crime scene investigator, so my primary job is to go in and, and to chaos. Chaos that even the police officers have experienced as they're going in. I'm the guy who comes and helps assist for what they're dealing with. I try to bring an order to the chaos. It's time to shut it down a little bit so I can document it, so I can collect it, so I can package it and preserve it. Trying to piece it back together. That's my service. At the same time, it puts me right there to take an opportunity. A lot of times I get this nudge on my shoulder because of the brokenness that I'm dealing with within an environment that many of us have always going to experience sometime, especially when it comes to death of a loved one, whether it's because something hurting so bad or just because it's a health issue. But I have an opportunity to pray with them. Puts me right there. It's not an accident. God prepared everything in my life to be where I am at right now, doing exactly what I do. And that's my encouragement for every one of you here. Step up. Help. Help your neighbor. Christ tells us to do those things. There was a story I was going to show you out of scripture as well. You know, and without reading the whole scripture, I'll bring us to Acts chapter 27, around the verses 14, I believe, all the way down to 28. You know, Paul is on his final voyage. He's, uh, when I say final voyage, he's on his, he's been arrested and he's headed towards Rome. He's on this mission trip to Rome as a prisoner. Of course, there's this fearfulness that the boat's going to sink, and guess what it does? Eventually, they have to abandon ship, right? So they land on this island of Malta, and we know, if you recall the story, is everybody on that ship who listened to what Paul had to say just before it was abandoned all survives the crash. So they're on this island, and while they're there, it's cold on top of that. There's no accident that Scripture mentions that because... What Paul does, even as out of his own kindness, he goes over and starts to grab wood and brings it so he can build a fire to warm all everyone else. <laughs> Servanthood. He picks these sticks up. Servanthood is an attitude, as I mentioned. It's a mark of a leader. Think of uh, Jesus, and I don't know if I gave this. I probably didn't. Let's just skip that. I'll just speak of it. Think of Jesus in Philippians, who through he was in the form of God. He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. 
This ties right back to the first scripture that I talked about with Mark. Christ taught us to be the servant. We should always be working towards mimicking who Jesus is. Why should we serve? For the sake of Jesus. Pick up a bundle of sticks for Jesus' sake. Be liberal with your talents, our skills that we are given, right? For Jesus' sake. Serve one another for Jesus' sake. With that, if we could go ahead and flip back to the slide with the photos. I want to share a few things here because the cool thing about doing ministry, you get to meet some really cool people. And then on top of that, as you go on these journeys in your life, they can live right down the street from you. You don't even know it until you're on the journey. Uh, I want to point out a friend that showed up for me this morning sitting in his front row. Uh, he lives a street away from me and he's lived there for a while. We didn't even know, but we've connected about a year or so ago. And since then, we've done a number of things together, and it's, it's been a mission. It's been awesome, brother. As you can see up here, this run-through slides, it all started uh, when the floods happened. I actually, my wife and I both actually have family down in that area, but it's distance family. When we were kids, different times in our life, my wife's from the Letcher County area, my family's from Perry County, so if you know Whitesburg or Hazard, anybody out there familiar with those areas? Hazard? Yeah, right on. Letcher County, Whitesburg. So when this all happened, what we did was we went ahead and, and some cousins and my wife, they needed some supplies. One of their houses actually totally got flooded. So we needed to get some emergency supplies. One of, the, one of the children, they actually got out of the house and all they got out of the house was with the clothes on their back. So the baby didn't have any clothes. So we ended up taking a quick run, loading the car up, uh, just some real emergency supplies and just loaded it up. I don't think I have any pics of that. But anyways, went down there and just saw the devastation, which impacted me like, oh my gosh, this is like a hurricane in the mountains. This is flood. This is flood waters for eight counties. You know, this is flood waters in down around the Jackson, uh, Breathitt County, Knott County, Letcher County, Whitesburg area where it comes in at 24 feet and is just wiping houses out and taking people's lives. And if you drove down there, you would just see cars. And it's like down in the creeks, just like a car lot just took place. And they're all upside down, sideways, buses. They don't have nothing. So the following week, I come back and I spoke with my, my brother Shane uh, and a couple of my other friends and some other family. And next thing I know is that... Uh, uh, we, we have a mutual friend who owns a U-Haul business. So we loaded and contacted him. He says, yeah, I'll, I'll, you guys can take a U-Haul. Take it. And he says, yeah, I, I got a 26-footer. I said, well, that's really big to take down in them mountains. He said, don't worry. God's going to fill it. I said, man, if you don't, we're going to have to come back and get half a truck because, man, that's, that's it. He said, trust me. God's going to fill it. So Shane's connections, we end up going up to uh, Upper Room ministries. He, he had some connections there. And first thing we did, we go out there and <laughs> not even a half a day, they had more than half that truck loaded down with supplies, clothing, bedding, food. So then in the meantime, some of the people I'm connected with, you know, over at the sheriff's department, uh, the prosecutor's office actually uh, had heard what we were doing. They, on their 
wanted to reach out to just help as well. So next thing I know, we had a couple locations, a couple churches, and people were just bringing bags of supplies and uh, food and clothing and cleaning. And we just started loading up. So I really, we had this 26-foot U-hole loaded. And uh, they said, where are you going? And I said, I don't know. We're just going to go down there. <laughs> and we did. <laughs> so we got down there, and we went to a kitchen area that we, we, lo- we were guided to, and we loaded all the food at a local kitchen. And we were really on this path with just God and just said, hey. And then we said, hey, we got, what do you want to do with this clothes? Because we're inundated with clothes. They don't need any clothes because there's no place to put clothing. They don't have any house. And what they do have, they, they're washing what they can. So we did find a location. We were able to go down there and drop off these kids. So we just want to thank those people that we've partnered with over time for where we, you know, upper room ministries and Shane with his ministry with Wells of Love stepping in and doing these things. So then when we got done with those, as you can see, another brother of ours, I'm going to go ahead and holler out Ryan, his first name. Uh, we ended up going back up into the town where the houses had been flooded up four and five, six feet into the house. And we ended up, we had some young kids with us, part of what we did. And one of the things our mission was maybe help tear out drywall and some insulation. And the children actually got a, a really good lesson on being the hands and feet as they tore the drywall out and insulation and throwing it out in the yard. They got a, that was a blast. They got to tear something up with permission. <laughs> so as you can see in some of these photos, that's exactly where we were at. We're up there tearing that stuff out. And there's this house across the street. Gentlemen, actually, uh, I didn't take a picture of my, I just, my heart felt compassion, but he was still covered in mud himself, just slopping in the mud out of his house. So this is us headed back. And, and like I said, the kids had a good time. I had a blast with them. So after that weekend, I thought, oh man, I am tired. I need a rest, right? So, by the way, you can't see it really clearly, but there is a rainbow on our way out that night. We did all that in a day. It was just, it was beautiful timing. So, uh, anyways, back to the week. I decided to take the, take the weekend off coming up. I needed to get some rest, but come Thursday... Somebody called and they connected with me because they had saw some of the things we were doing and said, hey, I'd like to participate. Uh, I'd like to be able to maybe donate some water heaters or maybe washers and dryers. I don't know. He, he has a large plumbing company. Uh, his connection was through one of the individuals who works at the prosecutor's office or family or whatever. And so they connected with me. And then next thing I know is that, yeah, we did that. And uh, I thought, yeah, that, that's a great idea, but I'm not going down anytime soon. So I hung up with him, and then I got a phone call from somebody I didn't know, and I didn't recognize, so I answered it, and he introduced himself as Mackie. <laughs> Mackie says, hey, I hear you're doing some things down in southeastern Kentucky. I'm down here in a town called Fleming Neon. Anybody know where that's at? It's south of uh, Whitesburg, right? Southeast, going towards Virginia, or maybe... A little bit. She said, can you come down and uh, give us a hand? I said, what do you need? I said, what kind of supplies? I said, I can get people, because people are willing to help with supplies. He says, I don't need supplies. I need you to come down and evaluate what we got going on. 
I said, I don't know what you mean by evaluate. He says, well, the city's without you know, water and there's a lot of things they don't have and just, you just need to come down. I'm like, I said, I don't know what I can do for you. I, I mean, I could get you supplies. I could get bags. I could get you food. I could get you whatever. He said, no, just come, please, just come. He said, he tells me a story about some young men that were in a creek. I thought maybe he was going to tell me about something worse than what it was, but it was still sad. And the sad part is there's these two boys in the creek and they were digging this bicycle out of the mud because that's all they had. And I thought, wow. All I am is just a little tired. I'm all right. I can push through. I said, Mackie, I'll be down Saturday. Where do you want me to meet you? He said, meet me downtown in Fleming Neon at 9 o'clock. I said, I'll be there. Hung up with him. Next thing I get is another phone call back from the plumber. And he goes, hey, Wally, next time you go down, can I go with you? I'd like to evaluate that. I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I'm going to go Saturday. He says, all right, I, I can go Saturday. I said, can you? And he said, yeah. And I said, uh, you got a truck? He said, yeah, I got a pickup truck. I'm good. I said, you can drive. <laughs> so we load his pickup truck. What gets a little crazier, too, is when God shows up. Because Friday night, I told you my wife works for the city utility department, right? City manager, utility director. He calls me up and says, hey, I got distance family down there. I haven't been down there in years. I don't know anybody. But I hear you're going down there tomorrow, Wally. Can I go with you? I said, yeah, let's go. I'm leaving in the morning with a guy I don't know to meet a guy I don't know to help a bunch of people I don't know. Why not? Let's just do it. <laughs> so we load in the truck. We head down. Get there about nine o'clock. I walk around town. I got my backpack on. Same one I carry with me wherever I go. Got my mini supplies. My Bible. And I'm trying to find the Mackie. And nobody knows where Mackie is, but he does show up. But nobody knows what Mackie does there. Nobody really knows Mackie, but he does help the mayor. I said, help the mayor do what? We don't know. So, okay, where's the mayor? We don't know. So we walk in a building because there is no more city hall because it got flooded out, right? And the town, as you saw some of those pics, is the debris standing in the middle of the town. Now, we being a river city here as well as Aurora and Lawrenceburg, we know what flooding is. And whenever it's ever come up, and we've had the worst floods we've had even back in the 90s, we still use fire hoses and we could spray down the streets and we was able to clean it because we're used to a flood coming up. But we're talking about a hurricane in the mountains. And you just can't get anywhere and do anything, right? And there's people living in some of those haulers that nobody even knows. It's family and generation and generation down there. And they think, oh, somebody's got me. But they don't see anybody coming. So as I'm walking around town, we're trying to figure this out. We're in this building and there's these plans laying on the table. I walk over, and my background prior to being law enforcement for almost 20 years, I got in late when I got to be a cop. I had my own construction company, Noah Construction. Is that a surprise? He was a builder. I recognized the drawings and how the pipe and all that took place. So then I looked at it, and when I looked back over, uh, the mayor finally came in, and I spoke to her. I said, hey, I'm Wally Lewis. And uh, I'm from Indiana, and I brought a couple guys with me. I said, I, I come here to meet with Mackie and you. I guess if you got some help. She says, Mackie's not here right now. She said, you probably need to meet with him. I said, you don't understand. I brought two guys with me who have special skills. And she looked at me. 
See, one of the things we recognized when we came into town as we was driving around the windy road that's half there and half not, and with the trees leaning over, the first thing we saw was our sewer treatment plant with the eight-inch main that was running into the creek. The treatment plant had caught fire because the wall of water came in and set the electrical panels on fire. So they had no treatment plant. It was just running raw. And then there's on the other side, if we come back around that same side of the creek, on this side, when it's now on our right-hand side, we saw this main exposed for about 100 feet. And within it, big holes where it's been busted. The guys I was with, they were all about that. We can fix that. We asked him, hey, can we meet with the water guys? And I, so talking with the mayor, I said, I got these guys with special skills. They'd like to meet with your water guys. Maybe they can help. Next thing I know, we're jumping a truck. We go down the road, see what we can do. They're talking and they're going to do their thing. I said, hey, I need to go into town. So I want to meet a few people. I'm going to see if there's some supplies I can bring to individuals, if we can find out who we can target. And they said, hey, go up to the school. There's a principal up there who, uh, who's uh, really good about helping getting these items out. I said, great. I go up there. And I said, where's this principal at? They said, oh, he's a bald guy. I said, well, all right, cool. It'd be easy to find maybe. I don't know. I said, what's his name? He said, David, David Robinson. I said, David Robinson. Hmm. So I go down the hall and I walk down and he's handing out stuff and he's giving directions. He's overwhelmed. And I look down there and said, are you David Robinson? He said, yes. I said, I'm Wally Lewis. He said, you are Wally Lewis. And I said, wow, you are David Robinson. I said, what year did you graduate? He said, I graduated in 86. When did you graduate? I said, in 85. You went to Cumberland College, didn't you? He said, yeah, I did too. I said, I played a collegiate sport there. I played judo. I said, I remember that. He says, because I married Bonita. I said, you married Bonita? He said, yeah, she was on the judo team. I said, I know, but he said, she's in there. Coincidence? I don't know. So I went up there and connected with him, helped him with supplies. It gets even better yet. We end up finishing the day there, helping out where we could. I left we left the following week. The city manager, with the blessing of local cities, spoke, and they were able to get supplies. And the following week, took a couple workmen and spent three days down there. They put the town water back on in a day. After it had been out for a month and a half. That's incredible. What's more incredible, I've never met Mackie. Darndest thing, ain't it? Accident? I don't know. <laughs> Folks, since then, we've uh, kind of organized it a little bit different. It's overwhelming. They have supplies scattered out, Samaritan's purses down there, convoy of help is helping. So what we decided to do during this process was just trying to find a way to get some emergency needs. One of the biggest things they've talked about and most people I've ever encountered was, hey, I wish I had a tote to put things in. Even if their house still stands, it's so damaged, they don't have nowhere to put books or clothing or belongings. So these totes, as recent as last two weeks ago, a coworker, who's been taking trips down as well, who we have to remind ourselves in prayer, she actually lost five of her cousins in the flooding. So she's taken a number of trips down there. So these totes help supply people like that. 
whose houses are completely gone, wiped completely off off the map. She told me one final story I'll share with you. She went down two weeks ago, taking a truck loaded, we loaded it up with. As she was driving down 15 going into Jackson, for those of you who know that area. And if you go down there now, there's still debris hanging in the trees from houses and cars. She sees an older gentleman walking down the road with a gas can and a bag of groceries. And every so often stops and he sets it down. As she's approaching, she sees that he does it a number of times. So she pulls over and gives him a lift and says, hey, I'll take you where you need to go. I'll give you. He said, don't worry. He says, I'm, I'm too far. Just take me as far as you can till you have to turn off. She said, no, I'm going to take you all the way. He says, you can't do that. That's just too far. She says, I'm taking you all the way. Well, she shares with me the story that she went 27 miles with this man to get him to where he lived. The gas can was for a generator to keep the refrigerator going because he's raising his four grandchildren. His wife is disabled and on a walker. So whenever he can get his strength back up, he was grabbing the can, he'd go back into town 27 miles and he'd walk back 27. Was that an accident? So she took all those supplies, obviously, and did the right thing. She just went ahead and gave him what he needed to take care of him. Then she took him back into town, got him another gas can, and got him hooked up with some right resources. And then she came back, and we talked, and somebody gifted her some, uh, some money, and they went down and bought him a bicycle. See, he had a car, but the car was washed away. It's being available. She was available to take the totes down, being available to go down and help people. But better yet, there was people available just to put the items in the totes so we can do that. These totes, as you can see here on the screen, perfect timing. Uh, It doesn't matter the color. It doesn't matter if they're clear. We were trying to target 24-inch totes by 14 and 16 inches deep. Nothing too heavy, not too bulky. As you can see, I believe your leadership is going to have these flyers stuck out there. And it's going to have some list of potential items. Um, I believe they're going to buy you 50 totes. And you can pick them up here. And you can go load them. So take this paperwork with you. You don't have to get every single item on that list and try to shove it in there. But I want you to consider this. Think about what you would need if you just lost everything in your life in a flood. And you have nothing but the clothes on your back. What are you going to need to sustain? I mean, is it gloves? Is it toothpaste? Is it deodorant? You know, food is accessible down there now because there's been enough teams and they got kitchens set up, but they still need something to take care of themselves or put their things in. So there would be a list for that. And for many of us who still, you know, it's not taking a trip or, or maybe some of us can't even shop and we have busy schedules and we have to do other things and called to do those things. But if you give financially, I spoke with leadership, they're willing to take that money and assign people to be special shoppers to fill those totes. That's just another way to do it, right? And what we'll do is we will partner with or we'll assign if they're willing to take. I understand there's a possibility of loading up a trailer or a couple of trucks. And worst case scenario, if we got enough totes that we got so many and we had to make one trip, I know a guy that knows a guy who has a big U-Haul truck and we can fill it. So with all that, I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you for hearing the message I have. I may have gone a little longer. I didn't even keep track. <laughs> I told you I was a little bit of an extrovert. With that, I do want to close in prayer. 
and, and on, with your heart, just keep in mind those in need in any aspect, because it's gonna happen again. It may be our community. We may need, and then we've had in the past, somebody from another community to come up and help put our electric back on because we're overwhelmed with power. You never know when the next disaster strikes. Those people in Missouri are suffering with their flooding. The other hurricanes. So with that, let's pray. Father God, just as we came here this morning to worship you in word and message, you've put on my heart what I, what I truly believe that you've asked me to deliver to those that are seeking ways to be Christ-like. How can we help each other? How can we love our neighbor? How can we love a fallen person? It's because we're also broken and fallen, but you know what? You've redeemed us, and we thank you for that. God, we come to you today and just be reminded of that, and we get a chance to, and opportunities every day, but one before us here, we ask that you just put on our hearts to help those in need. And with that, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining in with us today. We hope that you were blessed by this message and that you were drawn deeper in faith with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to continue the conversation, please feel free to email us at info at rsccfamily.org. Thanks for the listen and have a great day.